0: Well good morning everyone, Pastor Tim here at Faith Community and it is so good to be with you today in this time of worship. I got a question for you here this morning. Is there ever been a time in your life where you wish you could correct a mistake? I mean probably we've all been there at one time or another where we said something we wish we had never said, where we did something that brought a lot of angst and difficulty to people's lives even our own lives and we wish somehow we could turn the clock back I'll never forget the time here a few years ago where I was working on my computer and it was slowing down and I had heard that you could go into the computer and make some changes and so in an effort to try to help my computer I went in and I started deleting some files and I started doing some things manipulating my computer and all of a sudden my computer became crippled. I lost a bunch of important files and uh, some of my programs wouldn't function any longer and I was heart sick and I could not correct the problem. I I I tried to go back and undo what I had done but nothing seemed to work. There was nobody in the community there that knew about computers. I made some calls and finally, by the evening, I got my. I got to thinking and I looked in the manual and I discovered this whole idea about system restore. And I went in and I followed the directions and I restored my computer back to the way it was a week earlier. I saved all my files. The computer was no longer paralyzed and I got my life back. And it was all thanks to system restore. And you know what? Today... We're going to talk about how you can have your life restored. We're going to talk about what Jesus can do for you. Now, we are concluding our sermon series today entitled Unraveled. And don't you think our lives oftentimes feel like they're coming unraveled? I mean, all of our plans now during this pandemic have kind of gone out the door. All of the things that we've been looking for uh, you know, plans and other things that we were intending to do now have all crumbled, but even without the pandemic in life sometimes it just feels like we 're crippled. It feels like we've made mistakes there's problems that come into our lives and and our and our lives just seem to be unraveling right before us and i'm so grateful today that Jesus can come into our lives and restore us we've been talking about some of the healings in the gospel, some of the times that Jesus encountered people and healed people, brought healing to people. And today we're going to look at another one of those stories. In fact, in the gospel of Luke here, our text today in Luke 13, we're going to meet a lady that encountered Christ, a crippled person who was healed by the Lord. Now, perhaps today, as we talk about this, you're going to be identifying something in your life that binds you. You're going to maybe have it revealed to you something in your life that's really got you in bondage, something that is crippling your life. And I want you to know today that you can have healing in Jesus Christ. Now, we all have problems. And in fact, when I think about problems, I often think about the guy one time that was really having a lot of trouble in life. And in fact, he was so confused, he was so down. He went to a counselor and he poured out his heart to this counselor and told him all of the kinds of things that were going on in his life. And that he was so bewildered, he was just ready to end it all. And the counselor heard all of these things and he said, Well, He said, I tell you, I can solve your problem, but you're going to have to come in every week for counseling. And you really need this for the next two to three years. And it'll cost about $400 a week, but I can solve your problem. And there was a brief pause. And the man said, well, you've solved your problem. Now, how about solving my problem? When I think about problems today, I don't apologize for these problems of Damaged emotions, because that's what we're going to talk about here, son, today. Healing for damaged emotions. Uh, I often think about that great priest, the guy that started AA, Sam Shoemaker. And I think he's surely right. He said, everybody has a problem, is a problem, or has to deal with a problem. Now, Psalmist David in the Old Testament recognized this, I think, particularly in the psalm, that we often turn to, Psalm 23. In Psalm 23 and verse three, Psalmist David said, he restores my soul. And aren't you grateful for that? And this is good news because we all need our soul restored. We get hurt. Life is tough. We get beat up. We go through discouragement and despair. We have depression. Then there's fatigue and failure, frustrations and all the fears that we have. There's so many hidden hurts. Uh, there are emotional wounds that we carry and scars that we have, all kinds of emotional uh, garbage. And some of these damaged emotions really cripple us in life. Now, let me give you a couple of examples uh, about some of these kinds of emotions that can really immobilize us in life. One is the ghastly perfectionist complex. Do you know this? The ghastly perfectionist complex, that feeling that I never quite can achieve. I I never do it well enough. I I can't please anybody. I can't please myself. I can't please God. I can't please anybody. Always feeling inadequate, always feeling guilty, always striving, driven by the tyranny of the odds. Well, I ought to be able to do that, and I should be able to do this with perfection. Always wanting to do it a little bit better always climbing, but yet never attaining, never really achieving. Remember the story a few years ago of a pastor that I knew about who was doing a good job. He he had a great ministry from all appearances. He he had a lot of uh, wonderful things going on in his church. There appeared to be some growth and, and wonderful things. People appreciated his ministry, but one day he had a a a nervous breakdown, if you will. He just became collapsed uh, from all of life. And in fact, his wife said that he had this built-in slave driver that he never could really relax. He he, he was often overworked and they had tried all kinds of strategies through the years, but he had just worked so long and had gone on for, for such a length of time and so many years that he just came to the point of Pure exhaustion, and he just had a complete emotional breakdown. And as that story unfolded, he went to a pastor friend of his who had some unique gifts and and counseling. He had a a background in psychology, and he sat down with his friend uh, several times. And it finally it came out that this guy, this pastor had really had a background where he could not please people, particularly in his formative years. He said that he could never please his parents and that everything he did, he was not able to please his parents. He would do chores at the house and he could never set the table correctly. I mean, he never put the spoons out and the knives out and the forks out and and the cups. He never was able to set the table. There was always something wrong. Even if he took out the trash, he, he didn't take out the trash right. And then he brought his report cards home. And and one time he had a lot of B's and C's. And dad looked at the report card and he said, Son, you ought to be able to get all B's. And so the boy he was not a bright kid, but he said he went and he studied and he 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 didn't go and play outdoors with the kids in the neighborhood. Instead, he sat at home and he worked and he studied. And, and lo and behold, the next time he had mostly B's on his report card, he was so proud of himself and so excited. He brought his report card in and uh, dad looked at it and said, well, this is B's. Well, if you can get B's, surely you can get A's. And the boy Went back to the drawing board. He went back and he started studying more and studying harder. And Again, he was not an A student, but he stayed after school several times. He went to the teacher. He worked hard. And and lo and behold, after the six weeks, he got all A's. He was so excited. He came home, showed it to mom and dad, and they looked at it and they said, well, those teachers, they always give A's. Awful, isn't it? And he went on in life, and he exchanged one set of parents for 500 parents, and he simply couldn't please them all, and he just collapsed under the weight of it all. This feeling of perfectionism, sometimes that is a malady that really affects people deeply. Here's another example of a damaged emotion that people have, and that is fear. You know, there are so many phobias that we have in life. We could write an encyclopedia filled with overwhelming fear. Perhaps the greatest fear of them all is the fear of failure. And people sometimes are so afraid of failure, they have a way of handling it, they simply don't get in the game. They simply sit on the sidelines. And they say, well, the ball is not round enough and the goalposts are not right and and the referees are no good and I don't like the rules. You know, I was at a car dealership one time and I was looking for an automobile and I heard two salesmen and they were talking amongst themselves and one of them said, there's one of those wheel kickers again. And when I got alone with the sales guy that was helping me, I said, well, hey, what's a wheel kicker? And he said, oh, wheel kicker, they're the bane of our existence. They come in here on the lot all the time and they'll walk around the car and they'll kick the tires and they'll say, well, this car's out of line and they'll turn the engine on. They'll say they hear a sound and nobody else hears a sound, but they never buy anything. They're just afraid to buy anything, afraid to spend the money and we just call them wheel kickers. Well, you know what? Life is full of wheel kickers, isn't it? People who are absolutely crippled by fear, even to the point that they can't execute. They can't move forward in life. And you know what? When we have these kinds of crippling conditions in our life, whether it's bitterness that we're grappling with, whether it's some type of other vengeful spirit, some anger hidden in our life, you know what? We need healing. And I got to tell you, God wants to deal with those emotional issues, those spiritual maladies in our life and bring healing to our soul. Now, this lady in Luke's gospel here that Jesus encountered had a spirit of infirmity. And the first thing I want you to notice about this text here is the torment that this lady endured. This seems to have been an extreme case of curvature, of the spine. And and the case is made more pathetic by the fact that she had this for some 18 years. Now, I know some people will have a a knee problem or a a hip replacement, and it might go on for, for two or three months. But here's a lady that experienced this kind of Pain and this kind of chronic ailment for some 18 years. Surely every day was a struggle for her. She was bent over. She was doubled here at the waist. She couldn't look up. She could not, by her own power, overcome her condition. She lived in a posture of forced humility, always bent over, looking at the dirt, looking at the mice, the vermin, uh, always looking down, never able to look anybody in the eye. And she walked about as if she was searching for a grave. And at times, I, I bet she was hoping she could find one. Now, the expression you find here in this text of the spirit of infirmity, it strongly implies here that it was caused by a spiritual issue. This inference is supported, I think, in verse 16, where Jesus says here clearly that Satan has her bounds. Now, this was a physical uh, weakness, which in turn arose from a deeper spiritual issue. And so she really had this double malady going on here. Her physical difficulty was an outward manifestation of an inner spiritual problem. And sadly, I think many people find themselves in this kind of condition today. Many people find themselves sidelined today. They find themselves crippled because of some emotional baggage that they're carrying around, and they need healing. They're totally unable to get past the torment that they are experiencing. Notice here about this lady a couple things. One is that she was under a spiritual attack. Verse 16 also lets us know that this woman was a Jewish person. She evidently was devout. She was in the synagogue that day, and so she's a believer, and yet she's under attack. Jesus, notice here, didn't cast out a demon But he merely spoke to her condition. She wasn't demon-possessed, but she was demon oppressed, if you will. And the point here is that even we believers, you see, can come under attack. And then note this, that she was also affected socially. I mean, no doubt here because of her condition, she was considered a, a freakish type of person. I mean, not everybody had this condition, and she was an oddity to be laughed at. No doubt children there maybe imitated her. She was an outcast. She was probably not recognized and not loved. She was probably the kind of person that you would avoid on the street and not want to run into. She really suffered under the pain of rejection. And I know many of you maybe resonate out there with that. Maybe you feel that you have this kind of affliction in your life where you're not feeling received by people. You're not feeling appreciated by people. Uh, To me here, I got to tell you, this is one of the most powerful pictures in all of the New Testament. This is a pure picture here of faith and faithfulness. She has been in this condition for some 18 years, and yet she has been faithful to be in the synagogue. You know, if she has been faithful to go every week to the synagogues, that amounts to thousands of times that she was in church. She has not been healed, and yet she still believes in God. She's still faithful to attend the synagogue, and she prays even though it seems like God isn't gonna answer her. She remains faithful. She's bent down in a sense here physically But spiritually, she still has an attitude that is focused upward unto the Lord. And due to her infirmity, it would have been much easier to stay at home. But to her credit, she still continued to seek God. Now, I got to tell you, if I had been crippled like this for some 18 years, I don't know if I would have made it to church every week. And, And this lady comes to the services in spite of the fact that no one would think Uh, a second thing about her. In fact, maybe people didn't even acknowledge her. And what a rebuke it is to us today. I mean, every time we have a headache, we run to our medicine cabinets and knock ourselves out on pain pills. And yet this lady doubled over. She came to worship all the time. And today we seem to allow the slightest bump in the road to derail us. Here, this lady persisted in her faith even when life didn't go her way because she loved the Lord. And I think she knew the truth that God was worthy of her to worship whether he had touched her or not. But then get this, uh, she was tormented by uh, this condition here, but also notice she was touched in her experience with the Lord. Down here in verses 12 to 17, we discover that this woman wasn't the only one in the synagogue that day because Jesus was there. And the scripture indicates that he was actually teaching that day. And it says in verse 12 that he saw her. And he gave her a compassionate word. He saw her there as a lady, as an important human being, not a freak, not an object of mockery. And and I got to tell you, other people may not see your significance in life, but I got to tell you, Jesus does. Jesus sees you. He knows who you are and he knows what you can become Through his grace. And Jesus spoke the words here that must have absolutely thrilled her soul. After those 18 years, she finally received healing as Jesus healed her. And he said, thou art loose from this infirmity. What she had tried and failed to do all those years was suddenly released by Jesus in a single word. You know, I got to tell you, I don't know what you are bound to by today. I don't know what has you in fetters and chains. I don't know what kind of past you're fighting or what kind of emotional demon is haunting you, Uh, the valley that you're in or the burden that you're carrying. But I do know who does know it. And Jesus here didn't save you to leave you in bondage, but he saved you to free you. Now, the miracle here we find in this text that Jesus performed was perfect, it was public, and it was also simply undeniable. No longer was she forced to shuffle her feet around in town from place to place, never able to look up, never to see the sky, the the moon and stars at night, or to look in the face of other people. Uh, No longer was she deformed and freakish, no longer would she be the brunt of jokes, and object of ridicule. But here, she had been healed. Now, what Jesus did for her, he can do for you. If you are lost today, I got to tell you, Jesus has the power to save you. If you are struggling today, if you are haunted today, Jesus has the power to reach out and touch you. Notice here what happens that this lady is transformed. Not only does she have this experience and, and is touched by Jesus, but Jesus' touch her, transforms her, and life would never be the same again. Her condition had been changed forever. She was whole. She could set up straight again. She was free from bondage, and it was life-changing. You see, Jesus touched her and straightened her life out. And when Jesus heals the heart, it affects the outer person. And and by the way, the renovation that Jesus gives us is not something that is external, but it's something that is internal. It's something that really changes us from the inside out. When the inner person is made whole, the outer person simply shows the fruit of that work and here we find this broken woman. She stood up straight. She began to thank God. Her pain had been replaced with his praise. Her shame had been replaced with his shout, and the verb here indicates her praise was going on, continually going on into the future. She kept lifting her voice to God on a routine basis, on a daily basis from then on, praising God and giving God thanks for this incredible restoration. And you know, when we experience his touch and it sets us free from pain, I got to tell you, it brings great joy to your life. It brings this incredible relief. It brings this over abundance of sunshine and and sheer relief in your life. Notice here that Jesus made the first move and he called her to come to him here in verse 12 and she responded. And friends, I'm going to tell you today that Jesus is calling you. Jesus is reaching out to you, even in this crazy pandemic world that we're all experiencing. and, And maybe today it just like you're hanging on by a thread. I wanna tell you friends, Jesus can come into your life and change you even today. Now talking about these computers, you know, when you go to delete a file on your computer, it'll typically pop up with a little warning and you'll find a little warning that'll come up, it'll say, caution, are you sure you wanna delete this? and you have to hit the button a second time to absolutely delete that file and 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 a lot of times i think in life people will hit that file the first time and they'll say yeah i want to go to church maybe it'll maybe it'll do some good and 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 they respond but they don't hit the button a second time they don't really go to jesus and and really say lord I want to come into your life. I want you to come and bring salvation. I, I want to be restored. And I want to invite you to do that today. We have people standing by that want to pray for you, that want to, to listen to what's going on in your life. And, and they want to really join in a moment of prayer. And I I hope you will call today. And I hope you will 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 respond to Jesus. I know he wants to change your life. You know, we can restore a lot of things today. We can restore our cars. We can restore our photographs and our paintings. We can restore our buildings and our homes and our bathrooms and our kitchens. But I gotta tell you, only God can restore your heart. Only God can restore your soul. And I invite you today to let him come into your life. And touch your soul. Shall we pray together? Almighty God, we thank you so very much for the incredible touch that you can have in the hearts and lives of people. We're so grateful, God, that the pain that we carry, the problems that we have, that you can reach in and change our lives. We can know forgiveness today, we can know peace, we can experience joy and know there's a better way. I just pray for those today, oh God, that feel like they're hanging on by a thread. Their lives are are really challenged today. They're really bearing so many burdens and there's difficulty. And I just pray, God, for those that are here joining in this this moment of worship, that you, Lord, would reach out and touch them. Lord, that they would surrender to you and accept you as Savior. For we pray and ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.